I'll just share the word of God with you for a few moments before we pray. I'm sure that if we come before the Lord humbly and broken before him, but also with faith, with the boldness of faith, it's an interesting combination, that uh, boldness of faith and at the same time uh, humility before the Lord, I'm sure that he will hear us. Hallelujah. It's not wasted to pray to our God and to bring our petitions and supplications with thanksgiving to our God. It's really worth it. Hallelujah. And the Lord is bending his ear to hear our cry to him. Uh, Matthew 26, 53. Jesus is being arrested and his disciples are somewhat up in arms and Peter is even swinging a sword in order to protect Jesus. And Jesus says in verse 53, 26, 53, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he will presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. Praise God. In this verse, Jesus refers to my Father. He knows his Father, supports him, watches him, is looking out for him. He's had a, quite a discussion with his Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. And now he is uh, totally entrusting himself to his Father. He sounds kind of alone here, where he refers to my Father. And we understand that he may be speaking this way because he's in the process of being arrested and he's in the process of being forsaken, even by his disciples. His disciples, especially Peter, have gotten off track. They have gotten into a carnal way of thinking as if their weapons are carnal instead of spiritual. They couldn't pray very well in the Garden of Gethsemane, but now Peter is trying to make up for lost time in prayer by swinging a sword. But uh, the situation here did not really encourage Jesus to talk about your father, disciples, or our father, or your heavenly father. He feels rather alone. And in that situation, Jesus speaks about, in the words, my father. And when he speaks so strongly about my father, we may wonder in observing that strong statement where we stand, where that puts us. We get that the father is the father of Jesus and is very involved in his life at this time and he's conscious of his father and obeying his father. But we might wonder, how about us? Jesus is so conscious of his relationship with his Father in heaven that we might feel a little bit left out. In fact, you'll get even a greater sense of this uh, question, where do we stand, if you read the Gospel of John. Because, and this might surprise you, 
Jesus always refers in the Gospel of John to my Father. If we only had the Gospel of John, we might feel rather insecure about God being our Father. Jesus uses the expression, your Father or your Heavenly Father, only one time in all the Gospel of John, and that's after his resurrection. Let's look at it. John 20, verse 17. After his resurrection, Jesus said to her, Touch me not. If you get into the original language, it doesn't mean just to literally just to touch. It means to hold on to or cling to as if you're not going to let go. He says, touch me not or cling to me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend to my father. And thankfully, he adds, and your father, and to my God, and your God. Again, we might wonder, where do we stand? We may have some questions. Well, this, this is the only time in all of the Gospel of John where Jesus talks about God in heaven being the father of others besides himself. In every other case in the Gospel of John, he talks about only my father. Pray to my father in my name and he will you know, it's that kind of a feeling in the Gospel of John. Well, I think that's because G, uh, John zeroed in on certain words of Jesus, a special set of expressions by Jesus, because they best fit his mission in writing to an aged church. He writes late in the first century. And almost all of the eyewitnesses of the res resurrection have died by the time that John writes his gospel. And he writes his gospel to establish, without any question whatsoever, that Jesus, the man Jesus, who is now dead, resurrected, ascended, and we might say gone, in, at least physically gone from the earth. It's been decades now since Jesus ascended into heaven. So John is stressing in his book that Jesus is indispensable for our relationship with the Father. Indispensable. There's absolutely no getting to the Father without Jesus. John wanted to make that absolutely clear in his book. It's John who writes the words of Jesus in chapter 14, verse 6. No man comes unto the Father but by me. It is John's emphasis that to go to the Father, we must have Jesus. Matthew, on the other hand, I'm telling you about John to show you how Matthew is distinct and different in his emphasis. 
And a different message comes forward from the writings of Matthew, which is very encouraging and wonderful. Because Matthew, on the other hand, is the one gospel writer who quotes Jesus the most, and in fact, he quotes him very often as talking about your father to his disciples. Your father, your heavenly father. John only does that one time, and we read it. It's a little bit... Um, we have to stretch it just a little bit to think of ourselves as, as, to think of God as our Father, if we read only the Gospel of John. But read the Gospel of Matthew, on the other hand, and it will be emphasized to you again and again and again that God is our Father. Tonight, I want to encourage you to be assured by all the Gospels that we're praying to someone that we have a very special relationship with. A one-of-a-kind relationship. A relationship between you and someone uh, someone who is reserved for that relationship, and that is your father. You know, uh, biological science will tell us we have one father. And spiritual truth will tell us also that we have one spiritual father, and that is God. And our relationship has been opened up to him by his son, Jesus Christ. But when you pray, you are praying to someone that you have a very special relationship with. And you can tell him anything. And you can be comforted in the knowledge that he cares. And you can be encouraged in the knowledge that he has all of heaven's resources available to him to answer your prayer. He is your father who cares. He is your father who knows. He is your father who has power. He has the trifecta of credibility going for him. Knowledge, power, and concern. He's honest, and he's our father. In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, Pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. In Matthew 6, 8, Jesus says, Your Father knows what things ye have need of before ye ask him. In 6, 26, Jesus says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your, your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? In Luke, because Luke does this as well, 
In Luke 12, 32, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Who is that? Your Father. We could say in a way that John wouldn't say that, or John wouldn't quote Jesus as saying that. It wasn't in keeping with John's mission, with the audience and the uh, message that John was trying to get across. And so there's only one sort of off-to-the-side use of the words of Jesus where he says, your father in John. Matthew, on the other hand, has a message for us. And I want to bring you Matthew's message tonight. And that is that you have a father in heaven. Your father in heaven cares for you. It is his good pleasure to answer your prayer. It is his good pleasure to be concerned about you. You can talk to, who is he? Your father. Your father, your heavenly father. Can you pray to anyone better suited and more able to do something? To do something? To answer your prayer than your heavenly father? I don't believe it. I don't believe so. Pray to thy father, Jesus said. Your father knoweth what things you have need of. Your heavenly Father cares. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Your Father. So we can pray tonight for the church, for God to have his way in the church, for God's Spirit to move from us to the community, for the Word to be magnified, for the word of God to be known and heard in our community, for God to heal the brokenhearted and work freedom in the lives of those who are bound. We can pray to him tonight and know that our Father hears what we're crying out to him for. We can pray for unity in the church, we can pray for the growth of our home fellowships. We can pray for more unchurched people to join with us and learn of Christ. We can pray that more people who don't even know Jesus as Savior would come to saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can pray these things knowing that our Father hears and cares and is well able to answer these cry, this cry. You can pray in this house, in this house of prayer, a house of prayer for all nations. You can pray for yourself that you would be filled with the Holy Ghost and used by God in your life to do God's work. You can pray and cry out to God for his strength and for his wisdom, for the, the light that he gives so that you can make the best decisions. 
You can pray for your family members, for their salvation and their wholeness. You can pray that God would draw them to different places where they will hear the word of God. And you can pray with total faith, not giving up, not giving up on faith and not giving up on God. And why? Because he's your father in heaven. Hallelujah. It's enough from me. Time for us to get alone with God or to to get with the Lord, not alone. We're together tonight. So uh, I invite you to come forward and pray and let's have God have his way. God, our heavenly father, have his way. Hallelujah.